take a look at two verses of scripture that I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, have heard. Some of you have memorized it. Some of you have quoted it. Some of you have it written in your home on a plaque or on the wall. And maybe some of you, it's your life verse as well. And that's Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And it may be very familiar to you. And it's nothing new, I'm sure, to most of you. That we all need to be trusting God. But I want us to dig in a little bit deeper today as we look at this. But let's look at the, the verse. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs it's in the Old Testament. It's about in the middle of the Bible. And we have it up on the screen here as well. And it's just two verses. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And this is what it says. The first verse says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not, lean not on your own understanding. And then verse 6 says, In all your ways, in everything you do and what you think, and how you plan, and how you respond, and how you react. In all your ways, acknowledge him, acknowledge God. And he will make your paths straight. He will make your paths straight. What a great verse. What a great promise. And if you haven't memorized these verses yet, I urge you to memorize them and take them to heart. And put that into practice as well in your daily life, in your daily routine. And I guarantee you that it will make an impact on your life. But we've got to learn to put our trust in God. The only way we can make sure that our lives work the way they're supposed to work is that we trust God at every level. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Now Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, is purported to be the wisest man that ever lived. And he wrote the book of Proverbs. He wrote a few other books in the Bible, King Solomon. And so he's the one that's instructing us and telling us, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And this morning, I want to look at just two specific times when we need to really put our trust in the Lord. We should be trusting the Lord at all times. But this morning, I just want to focus on two of those times. And the first one is, the first one is we need to trust God when things happen that you don't understand. Think about that. When things happen in our life that we don't understand, when we're saying, why, God? Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Major League Baseball, talking about summer, had their All-Star game this week. Did anybody watch the All-Star game? It was last Tuesday, I believe. Well, anyway, there was a book, there was a book on the market. It's a self-help book. I don't know if it's still on the market or not. But it's entitled, When Life Throws You a Curveball, Hit It. Simple advice, much easier said than done. The problem is, I don't hit curveballs very well. Neither do I hit fastballs or sliders or sinkers or knuckleballs. In fact, when it comes to my own ability at the plate, playing baseball, I think about my very first game as a Little League player. 
I was 12 years old. I was living in Lihui, Kauai. And I never really played baseball before. But somehow all the other kids that were playing knew all about baseball. And I still remember my first at bat. My team was the Red Sox. And that's the first thing I couldn't figure out. Because we had to wear white socks. And yet our team was the Red Sox. And we were playing against the Yankees. And one of my good friends from school was actually the pitcher on the Yankees. And my other good friend was the catcher on the Yankees. And they knew that I had never played baseball before. So my very first at bat, and I'm very nervous. It took him three pitches to strike me out. <laughs> All three pitches right down the middle of the plate. And I just stood there frozen. Not a good experience. Not a good memory. But when life throws me a curveball, it's pretty likely that I'll miss it. And yet, life continues to throw curveballs at us. And there's not much I nor anyone else can do about it. But the good news is that Solomon says that when life throws us a curveball, when life takes an unexpected turn, that we don't necessarily need to understand why, why it's happening. In fact, the worst thing you can do to try, you can do is to try to handle things on your own. When things happen that you don't understand, Solomon says, this is when you need to trust in God the most. Now you can say, God, I don't understand why this is happening. You can say, God, I, I don't understand why my boyfriend dumped me. God, I don't understand why my, why my dad died. God, I... I don't understand why, why I have financial problems and I can't seem to make ends meet at the end of the month. God, I don't understand why my friends have unfriended me. God, I don't understand why my boss doesn't like me. God, I don't understand why my parents fight all the time. God, I don't understand why I... I can't talk to my teenage son. God, I don't understand why my, my body is aging and I can't seem to do what I used to be able to do at one time. And God, I don't understand why, why my mother has Alzheimer's and she can't seem to function normally. God, I don't understand I don't understand why all these things are happening. And you can add your own things to the list of what you don't understand and why it's happening to you. But that's when Solomon says, and that's when God's word says, I may not understand why all these things are happening, but God, I know that you know what's going on. And I'm going to put my trust in you. That's what trusting God is all about. You see, things may be happening in your life that you don't understand right now. And, that's, and it's human nature to ask the question, why, isn't it? When something happens, we always ask, why? We ask ourselves, why? We ask our friends, why? We ask God, why, God? But let me assure you, you don't have to understand. You have to trust in God. 
You know, I learned a great lesson about not understanding and about trusting God. It was several years ago. I was stationed, appointed by the Salvation Army to the Marshall Islands. And we have some friends from the Marshall Islands here today. And I lived there for about two years. Now, many of you probably have never been there. But the Marshall Islands are a tiny group of islands, actually atolls, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, about 2,500 miles west of Hawaii. And the Salvation Army had started a church there, and I was appointed there. And I was a young lieutenant, a very young Salvation Army officer, a very young pastor. Let me tell you, the Marshall Islands, it's a third world country. It's a developing country. There are not a lot of things in place that we're normally used to here in Hawaii or here in America. Fresh water was scarce. Electricity was scarce. Good medical help was scarce. It was a hard life. And the people were very simple people, but they were full of faith. And I appreciated about the, that about them. But one day I had to conduct not one funeral, but two funerals in the very same day. The first funeral was for a man who was a soldier of the church. He was a member of the church. He was a saint. His name was Zedekiah. But he had died because of typhoid. Think about that. How many people you know die of typhoid today? Not very many people. And if you know anything about typhoid, you know that kind of death is a very painful death. But he died. I saw him laying on the floor in the hospital, just writhing in pain. And so I had to do his funeral that day. And that was a tough thing for me to handle. And in that very same day I was called that afternoon, Lieutenant, come, you need to do a funeral. And when I got to the home, and the homes are very bare, there's no furniture, people sleep on the mats on the floor, and I walked into this tiny home, and lying on the floor on a tiny mat was an eight-day-old baby, lifeless body, teenage mother sitting next to the baby, crying her heart out. That caught me by surprise. Here I was already physically and emotionally drained from one funeral, and now I had to conduct another for this tiny, lifeless baby. And in my mind, and they were looking to me as a pastor to say something, to do something. I couldn't. I kept saying to myself, why, God? Why? I had a group of teenagers with me at the time, much like our own teenagers. And they just sort of spontaneously started singing this song. And this is the lesson I learned. And the song went something like this. I don't need to understand. I just need to hold his hand. I don't ever need to ask the reason why. For I know he makes a way through the night and through the day. I don't need to understand. I just need to hold his hand.
And let me tell you, that song ministered not only to that young mother, but it ministered to my heart. When I had these questions in my own mind and in my own spirit saying, Why, God? I don't understand why this has to happen. And it was not for me to understand, but to simply trust in God. You see, you don't have to understand. You only have to trust in God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You see, you don't have to be able to predict every event that happens in your life because your own sense of understanding will not get you through life because there's so many mysteries in life and so many unknowns in life. But trusting God when you don't understand That's what will get you through life. The second time, the second time when we need to trust in God, when we don't understand what's going on, that's the first time. The second time is when the future seems uncertain. Sometimes the two things are related. When you don't understand what's going on, when you're not sure what's going to take place in the future. Look what verse 6 says here. Solomon says, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. In all your ways acknowledge him and consider him in all your decisions and how you live your life, and he will make your paths straight. When you look into your future, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, I want you to look into your future. Do you see a straight path? Do you see a straight path? In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Now the verse isn't saying that he will make your life easy. We all know that life isn't easy. We all know that life isn't always fair either. But when it says that he will make your path straight, it means that he will make your life focused. He will give you a direction and a purpose in life. And you will know where you are going and what you're supposed to do and why you are doing it. That's what he means when he says, make your path straight. You'll know what's going on. You'll be in the center of God's will. You see, God makes your path straight by giving you a sense of identity, a sense of purpose. You see, a follower of Jesus Christ has the capacity to understand who, who he is or who she is more so than other people. Why? Because God has designed us with a specific purpose in mind. When God created us and he designed us and when he saved us with his saving grace, he had a specific calling and a specific purpose for each and every one of us. Can you see that? Can you see what God has for you? What his purpose in your life is? You know, we don't see ourselves in terms of what we do for a living. Rather, we see ourselves in terms of how we can be used by God. Of what God can accomplish through us. See, you're not just a student. You're not just a a truck driver. 
You're not just a manager or a businessman or you're not just a retiree. You're a friend. You're a counselor. You're a leader. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And every one of these roles are significant. Each one has a purpose. And God uses it for his glory. That's what it means when he says he will make your path straight. You will be in the spot that God wants you to be. And you're fulfilling the calling of God in your life. So if you're not sure where you're going in life, if you're uncertain about the future and what God's specific purpose and calling is in your life, this is the time to trust God. Lots of people have trust issues, right? We don't trust some people in our family. Maybe we don't trust our spouse. Maybe we don't trust the people we work with. Maybe we don't trust our neighbor. But we have trust issues. Some of, us, some of us have trust issues with God. We don't quite believe God. We don't quite trust him. But what does it mean to trust God? There's that old hymn, Trust and Obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You see, trust and obedience goes hand in hand. By obeying, obedience, it's, it's a verb. It's an action verb. So we can't just say, I trust you, God. But we show it by our actions, by our obedience to his word. So obeying God is a way of stepping out in faith. It's saying, God, I'll take your word for it. I believe that you know more about my life than I do. It's stepping out in faith. Let me tell you this funny story. On our vacation, we went up to the mountains in Big Bear. We were up at a camp. There was a Bible conference. And they had lots of fun recreational things to do. And one of the fun things was, was zip lining. Any of you ever been zip lining? You go between these trees and these canyons and these valleys, on this, flying across on this little tiny cable. And they had some zip lines at this camp that we were at. And so I was coerced into trying this out, and I never zip lined before. And the way they do it is you put you in this harness, and then they hook you up to this cable, this little tiny cable that goes across the valley or the canyon. And then there's a little, a pretty steep embankment about this steep. And they say, we're just supposed to run down this embankment. And you just keep running until you can't run anymore. And the line will just carry you across. And so I looked at this little tiny line. I looked at my harness. And I asked the young lady that was there. She couldn't be more than 19 or 20. You know, and I realized I'm not the, the smallest kid on the block. So I said... Can this zip line hold me? And you know what her response was? There's only one way to find out, sir. <laughs> so she just pushed me. No, she didn't push me. So I just took off, ran down, and I zipped across. I zipped across. Do we have a video of that? Let's see if we have that video. Don't be surprised at the ending. Up on the left, on the left side of the tree. I'm on the left side. You can see it. Bram is on the right side. Watch me run off that hill. There I go. 
Get ready for the ending. Oh, yeah. Oh! <laughs> Are you okay? Oh. Ouch. Are you okay? Oh, no. Oh, look at all that dust. You all right? Oh. Let me tell you. I had some extra padding there. That was helpful. Actually, my phone was in my pocket, so it, it saved me. <laughs> but there's only one way to find out, just to go for it and run and jump if you have to. It's the same way with trusting God, right? There's only one way to find out if it really works. You have to run and jump first. It, it's, it's a leap of faith. It really is. It's a risk. It's a leap of faith. But let me tell you, it's not a blind leap. Because thousands and thousands of others have tried trusting God before. And he has never failed anyone yet. But it's a leap nonetheless. So if you have trust issues with God, you just got to jump. You got to believe him. You got to believe him. Let me give you another illustration of what it means perhaps to trust and obey. Trust and obey. See, it's late at night and I'm leaving the Croc Center. I need to drive home. So I get in my car, I turn the headlights on, and I realize that my headlights only illumine oh, maybe 200 feet in front of my car. Now I can stop and I can say, well, you know what, I, I, I can't see my final destination. I can't see my house from where I'm at. I can only see 200 feet in front of me, so I guess I better not go because I can't see the final destination. But you and I know that that's silly. I can only see 200 feet in front of me, but what do I do? I start driving. I start trusting. I start obeying. I drive 200 feet, and then what happens? Another 200 feet is illumined. Then I drive another 200 feet, and then another 200 feet is illumined, and I keep doing that, trusting and obeying, trusting and obeying, driving every 200 feet and seeing another 200 feet until I reach my final destination, which is my home. And you see, that's what trusting God is like. Sometimes we cannot see the final destination. Sometimes we cannot see the end. Where is God leading me? But we still need to take that first step of faith and trust. And as we take that first step of faith, God will reveal more. As we're being obedient, he'll reveal more. And then we take another step. And then he will reveal another step. And then another step. So it goes hand in hand. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And sometimes God only reveals a couple of hundred feet in front of you. Sometimes he only reveals two feet in front of you. But nevertheless, we still walk and obey. You see, when it comes to living your life, you can follow one of two strategies. 
You can either be paralyzed with fear because you can't see the final destination, or you can step out in faith and trust and obey and move in the direction that God has revealed to you. And as you trust and obey, God will reveal more and more and more to you. And we grow in our walk with the Lord as we trust and obey. So you don't have to know all the details about how things are supposed to work. You only have to follow the the directions that God has given. And what are these directions? Simply let me repeat it again. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. My prayer for you today is that you would continue to trust in the Lord. In spite of the situation, in spite of the circumstances, keep trusting in him. I'm going to ask Debbie to come up, and she's going to do a signing to a song. The song is entitled, His Strength is Perfect. And as she's doing the signing, you'll see on the screen behind you, we've chosen some selected verses from the Bible. These are actually promises from God's word. And if you have trouble trusting God, believing God, hopefully these verses will serve as a reminder and as an encouragement to you in whatever is taking place in your life. So Debbie, come on up.
you to close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm going to ask Freddie to play some music. And as we draw our service to a conclusion this morning, I believe God's presence is here. Message is simple today, but a lesson that we need to learn every day and practice on a daily basis. And sometimes it's not easy. Trusting someone, particularly someone we cannot see, it's not an easy thing for us. And so this morning, just in these few closing moments, I offer you the place of prayer, our mercy seat as we call it, our altar. If you need to come to spend some time alone with the Lord, I encourage you to do that. Perhaps you're struggling with some things in your life. Maybe there are some things you don't understand. You're asking the question, why? Let me assure you, God loves you. God cares for you. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows the hurt, confusion, the uncertainty. Put your trust in God this morning. When all else around us fails, when our own heart, our own understanding fails, when people around us fail, and they will, God will never fail. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Those were some great promises from God's word. May they encourage you this morning to continue putting your faith and trust in him. So if any would you like to come, I invite you to come to the place of